Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Waters of New Gold, helping you thrive in the world's only vital, scarce, and recession-proof market. Today is May 6th, and it is briefing number 108. As always, uh, remember that what we have here are forward-looking statements. Uh, these are things that, you know, in the end, what we do could differ materially and is very, very important for today's subject because we're going to be talking about some very exciting stuff. And you need to know that what ends up happening down the road is likely going to be different from what we're talking about here. But we do our very best to tell you exactly how it is. Okay, now I want, before we get on to the main uh, course here, I wanted to talk to you about um, a couple of topics. The first one is, are donations popular? Now, my friend Molly Lavik uh, and friends organized a, uh, an online event a couple of days ago on NFTs. What is an NFT? It's a non-fungible token. Fungible means you can swap it, meaning uh, two to two one dollar bills, they have different serial numbers, but you can use them interchangeably. Non-fungible means it's not interchangeable. You're hearing a whole blow up of the, non, of the NFT space. We'll be talking about that some more in future weeks. It's very, very important, um, not just for baseball cards and, you know, I don't know, cat memes or whatever it is, but also to industry as you will see. But how do aid recipients feel about donation? And this is a very interesting topic. So um, I caught this uh, on my iPhone, so excuse the quality, but I think you'll find it interesting. And it reinforces really why we want to do, um, you know, invest with a purpose. In other words, um, do well by doing good. Let's take a look here. The other thing that we saw as well is that actually in a lot of these countries, they want to get away from the concept of donations and nonprofits and those types of things. They've kind of recognized that for profit for good is the business model that they want to interact with. And actually in three of the countries that we're in the process of working in, they specifically asked us and said like, yeah, we don't allow nonprofits or NGOs to even touch the sector. And so a lot of people ask why they have this sort of profit mandate. And it's that anything that you give away for free destroys the local market. So the example that they gave to us obviously is our, our basic things like food and clothes. So donating food is bad because if I'm a farmer in Africa and I can get this amazing American can good food for free, what incentive do I have to continue farming? Same thing with clothing. Actually, they, they, they normally point to clothing as one of the main things because by all of the free donated clothes, it's absolutely destroyed a lot, especially in Africa, a lot of their ability to um, build garments and those types of things. So really in approaching this problem, as I mentioned earlier, we were like, okay, how do we do this in a profitable manner? And what we came to are two ways to subsidize our revenue. So taking a step back, what does liquid solar do? Our main focus is providing rentable batteries powered in these waypoints or 20 foot long shipping containers that have solar panels kind of retrofitted to the top to charge the batteries. And people in these communities can come pick up a battery, take it, use it to power TV, computer, um, cell phone lights, uh, pretty much anything that, that, that uses um, electricity. So that's a really interesting, um, this, uh, this gentleman, um, and um, he has a startup that provides um, solar powered 
shipping containers full of batteries that people can um, basically, you know, put in, I guess, um, a plastic card and get and build a small amount of money and they pull it out and they, and they use it in their home, bring it back and so forth. And um, it's working well. And the important thing is it's meant to make money. Now, he went on to discuss how they are, why is he talking in an NFT online event? It's because they are beginning to implement NFTs, non-fungible tokens, to eventually distribute profits to the um, users. In other words, they might get um, you know 30% back of their usage for the year. I don't know if you've ever shopped at REI, which is a sporting goods store, and they have this. Um, you know, uh, if you're a member, then you get these dividends back, and it's kind of cool. Very similarly here, the use of NFTs. You can just take, you know, you can take like REI does send it, you know, credit an account and so forth, but there's back office, there's all this overhead. And so what he's doing here is saying, well, we can just deliver an NFT and, and that has uh, inherent value. And we'll be discussing that in further detail. Fear not, my friends, there's a reason for all this good stuff. Now, um, banks are stopping lending. This is a major, major issue. So Glenn Beck tells us about how banks are no longer lending. And that means that local businesses have to find non-bank funding sources, sometimes very high interest. It's um, not a pretty picture. And this is why this whole idea of funding machines up front is so interesting to businesses. The rate of loans is now down more than during the crash of 08. Do you remember when you couldn't get a loan? It's down now, lower loan rate than during the crash. So how is JP Morgan and all these companies making so much money? All of this money that the Fed printed is going into the stock market and the recipient of that money and all the profits are the big banks. So they are making money hand over fist. Banks aren't lending to small businesses. In fact, Chase Bank recently announced it was going to cease, listen to this, cease all small business lending until the PPP funding that is part of the $1.9 trillion Biden plan is exhausted. So you go to the bank as a small businessman, and you cannot get a loan from Chase. They won't loan it to you. They say, just go to the government and get it from them. Commercial lending now has dried up all across the board. Working capital, commercial lines of credit, rotating credit. You know, every company needs credit so they can make payroll. And until they get all of the invoices paid for and everything that they, you know, that they had billed other people, till all that money comes in, usually 30 to 90 days, you need a revolving loan to be able to pay your monthly bills and to pay your employees. All of that is gone. Working capital, commercial line of credit business is almost gone. It's normally a trillion dollars a year. It will be less than $100 billion this year. Why? The banks are guaranteed 6% rate of return for making PPP loans. So why are they not making any personal loans? Because they're guaranteed 6%.
6% return. And if somebody doesn't pay them back, the bank's not on the hook. The American government is. So once again, it's a really interesting situation here where, um, and we were wondering why the heck are the, you know, tens of millions of dollars worth of deals taking so long to percolate through. And that's when we, you know, Ken and I were working on this all last year and we concluded it's the funding, stupid. It's the funding. So um, we really, this is really a proof point for us that water on demand is not only needed, it's uh, life or death for the, you know, for businesses who otherwise just don't have the option of going on with their uh, regular business, let alone something non-core like um, water as a service or any kind of water treatment for that matter, water service they can do. All right, um, that's it for videos for now. Uh, now I wanted to just bring up to date about the annual report. This is our last update. Beyond that, I can tell you no more, but the fact that it is our last update should tell you something. Um, so we're, we should be out of the woods soon. Uh, I like to use the word imminent, but beyond that, I really can't say more. Okay, the solution of course is to get a CFO. We've now uh, interviewed three qualified candidates, fabulous world-class candidates. I would, any one of them would be great. So it's good to have um, a choice. And we're, we've got about five or six to go still. And so we're definitely on track for bringing a CFO on the job, not just this summer, literally, um, I'm, I'm really saying as early as late this month, early June. Okay, now, I teased you about inflation. What the heck is going on with commodity prices? Well, the table that I had was for the last few months, but in fact, if you look over the 12 months uh, from the Legacy Research Group, um, we have uh, corn, 135%. Um, think of a place like Mexico, which you know, lives on you know, corn-based products, for example, and we do too with um, all the, the corn in, in our foods. Heating oil, gasoline, you name it, right? Now, the gasoline and so forth had been really, really low, so that's understood, but everything else, there's no reason for these things to be uh, driving so high. And they're way, way above. We think the stock market's doing great. Commodities are going way above that. So that's what's going on there. Now, comments, Warren Buffett, we're seeing substantial inflation. We're raising prices. People are raising prices to us. It's that chain effect. Sam Zell, who is a huge real estate billionaire. Oh boy, we're seeing it all over the place. You read about lumber prices, but we're seeing it in all our businesses. Keyword inflation, biggest jump since B of A started tracking it in 2004. So inflation on earnings calls. Here's what's wild, it's far from over. If we went back to 2008 peak, we'd still have to go another tripling, triple more from here, which is really scary. Will the Fed reform? Well, um, Bill Bonner uh, has a daily um, diary, which is very, you know, it's a lot of fun to, to read because he's a very grouchy guy. He writes from Ireland, as prices begin to rise, Federal Reserve will be under pressure to taper off. And so the Fed's gonna taper off, not gonna happen. Uh, I don't know if you remember what happened in late 2018 when uh, the Fed tried raising rates and everything went upside down. And in fact, we had Dow Jones dropped for weeks after that. So it's not gonna happen. The, the Fed is stuck with low rates inflation will occur because there's just no other option. 
you raise rates, the markets will crash and we will have disaster. And then of course they'll turn around and bring them back down. So um, there might be some ups and downs, but I, I think pretty clearly rates are gonna have to stay low. Okay, so what is the solution to all this? What, what is our solution? Because I'm not here to make uh, political comments. I'm not particularly a Glenn Beck fan or a Bill Bonner fan or whatever. I'm talking about, here's the situation. What are we gonna do about it? Local action by local business. All these billions and billions of dollars that are being thrown at uh, infrastructure, you know, it takes years and years and years to do an infrastructure program. And if the prices of things keep dramatically rising, you never get ahead. You keep, you keep doing overruns and overruns and overruns. There's already estimates that the, the $2 trillion um, stimulus is, uh, infrastructure bill is gonna be more like $6 trillion. But that's nothing compared to what inflation will bake in. So it, it basically, it's just, they're never gonna get there. They will never get there. What does that mean? Well, it means that if local businesses just take action right there in their small environment, they can you know, get a reduced uh, expense because you, know, you can save on water rates and so forth, all kinds of reasons why you would do it. And they make things better one by one. It's called decentralization. Now, if we're doing, gonna do this, we need to think about going to scale. I don't wanna do 12 businesses over the next two years. This is not our plan. We want to rock and we don't want to just use, we don't want to just help our water company. We want to help across the boards. So let's take a look at how this can work. First of all, conventional design and build project. You've got the customer, uh, the designer builder, in our case, our Texas company, Progressive Water Treatment or the Modular Water Systems Division, puts out a quote and, and then gets a purchase order with a payment, delivers and commissions the water treatment. Thank you very much. Wastewater in, optional reuse and uh, treated water out. There's a whole bunch of other players in there. I'm not going to show uh, sales reps, consulting engineers, general contractors, and of course, the department, local department of environmental quality, the local zoning, the district, you name it. There's a bunch of players, but that's the basics of it. Now, revenue sources, uh, selling the hardware, right? And then uh, selling the consumables. Now, unfortunately, the, uh, we do well with consumables. We sell a lot of them, but, but you can get um, undercut by anybody. They don't have a contract to the consumables. And what's weird is that a lot of times there's no service contract because that's handled by a local water company, not um, a central uh, fabrication site like, like Dallas, Texas. I, it's weird, but that's kind of how it is. Okay. New, of course, is what we've been talking about, water on demand, which is design, build, own, and operate, DBOO. I'm already, I'm already giving you a little flavor of what's coming, tokenized payments and global marketplace development. Let's see where this goes. First of all, revenue sources are equipment sale uh, funded by on top, top left, um, what you have got these investors on the right putting money into what we call a special purpose vehicle, an SPV, a subsidiary, which we've already created. We've created our first one called Water on Demand number one, and we're beginning to receive money into that, just like I'm, I'm showing you here. So that's happening right now as I speak. The stakeholders are various players who are helping to make it happen. Won't go into that in too much detail, but now the water, not the, not the client, water on demand number one buys the equipment. And then there's an operation and maintenance contract. We get management fees on the water on demand company and there's profits from the paper gallon billings. And we will explore a potential development. 
Okay, let's build it. So over here we get, um, now this is DBOO. So water as a service essentially. So the water on demand gets the money investment and sends a purchase order to designer. And there's an operating contract with price indexing. This is very important. These contracts, 15, 20 year contract, you're not gonna make it as static prices. Why? Because we're gonna have huge runaway inflation. So we're gonna index these contracts to the local water rates, which we know are inflating faster than general inflation. And the customer makes payments and everything's good. All right, so far so good. Now, delivering commissioning of that water on demand treatment system. And now we install a sensor array that is internet connected. That's important for the next step, which is boom. The data goes into a database and goes to the firm that is doing the operation and maintenance, that is running the show. Now it could be the same as a designer builder or it could be farmed out. For example, right now we're in talks with a, a company that is already doing large O&M contracts and they would do it under contract to us because it takes a while to build that capability. So O&M operates the system using the data from the sensors and does billings based on the amount of water going through to the quality that's required by the treated water contract. Okay. The next big problem is we have payments to investors and stakeholders and paying these uh, profit shares or dividends or stakeholder payments. Like uh, you, you could pay, um, for example, that operation of maintenance vendor could be paid is once they want to be paid as uh, as a dollars per gallon. Well, wait a minute, how, how many ways are we gonna split that gallon? And that becomes a complexity and it becomes worse and worse. Currently on, for example, our um, crowdfunding, we pay out of dividends and they're as little as, you know, $4 and 18 cents a month. And it's like, please kill me now. Uh, fortunately, it's not in the tens of thousands yet, but he, this could very well go there. So let's take a look at the potential solution. Now, I'm gonna give you a big fat red warning. This is conceptual, all right? We've worked hard on this idea, but we have not written a white paper, which should give you a clue about what's going on here. And we've not developed the technology. So do not count on our executing on this because we, could, we, we intend to solve it one way or another, but this potential, this particular solution may not be the one we do, but let's go into it because I think it's by far the best way to go. All right, so we were here, as you saw, and now what do we do? Well, let's add something. A smart contract that says you're gonna pay out for every X worth of performance, you're gonna pay out Y worth of dollars and cents to Bob, Jim, and Jill. So the smart contract basically automates all of the issuances of these um, slices, these micropayments on these gallons being charged for. And of course it goes into an NFT platform. Now, why did we, we could have chosen to create a whole big utility token. I, I did that in 2018. It, for a water company, it's ridiculously hard. We were not a crypto company and we found it to be something we could not do, especially in the midst of crypto winter, remember that? NFTs are great because all you have to do is issue it, right? You're, it's like me paying something with dollar bills. The dollar bills already exist. I don't have to create a currency. Currency exists. The NFTs exist as a um, 
a way to create unique, as I say, non-fungible, non-swappable tokens that have, and here's what's cool, they can carry royalty payments built in. Now, what happens is you get an initial coin issuance. That is, let's say that an investor invested $100,000 and the profit share from that $100,000 uh, face value is uh, $20,000. So the face value of that initial coin is $20,000. That NFT carries the face value, but also the entire life cycle of profit shares of that system, which could go as long as 50 years, although realistically it's more in the 2025 range as you'll see shortly. So all the built up profit shares, millions and millions of dollars really in the end is all attached to that NFT. And of course you can, you can slice them up. You can, you can take a hundred thousand dollar NFT and slice it up into, into pennies if you want. Now, in addition, you have the inflation, the price indexing is built in. So you have a future value that's huge. Remember that over 50 years, um, you know, 10% makes $100 turn into something like $11,000. $100 to $11,000. So all that is built into this coin. So it has a built-in value. So it goes to the investor and the stakeholders. You know, like I say, the operational maintenance people might get their little sliver and so forth. It's all good. Now, what's great about it is you're sending it to a crypto address, one of those long digited address that you better not get wrong. Well, so it doesn't matter. I don't have to know the person's bank account or their address or anything like that. Um, I'll have to do the know your customer and anti-money laundering, KYC, AML. But you do that once and that's over. And then, and then from that point on, you're good. So we go ahead, we issue it, and the money just flows and is really zero. It's totally automated. This is the beauty of it. Now let's take it the next step. People can resell these and there is an NFT. NFTs can be swapped, right? And they have the built-in profit shares with them. So they have this huge potential value, future value, and they get thrown into what becomes, and this is the name of the coin, the water gold coin. And um, if you go to watergold.io, you won't see anything, but we have that domain, of course. And uh, we have watergoldcoin.com and all that good stuff. But just to let you know that NFT marketplaces grow organically. Last year, we we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to build an Airbnb for water, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's a lot of work. What Airbnb went through to build that is ridiculous. But NFTs take care of themselves. There's no services related to them. People swap them, swap them, and it's supply and demand. Okay, now there's one more big step, two more steps, actually. Let me show you. Reinvestment. People would be able to put those tokens because water demand company would accept these, right? So they come back in as investments. Now they go to the reinvestment then can go in back into the loop and you get a, what I call a virtuous cycle where money is being made on top of money is being made on top and the thing can cycle around and round and round and round. All right, here's the final piece of it. Subsidized reinvestment. And that's where we talk about those things in Africa and South America, or even guess what, in America, where we're trying to help underprivileged or, or poverty stricken areas, stressed areas, and we're able to do subsidizing, which is why we have a watergold.org. And that of course will eventually come, we believe. So that is the total picture 
is very, very exciting because it has, first of all, the water and demand breakthrough, which is itself huge, but it's not something that the water industry doesn't do already because they call it DBOO, it's, they're doing it. Now they're not doing it in the smaller systems. They tended to do it like, like um, what, you know, the water service, the original water as a service people, AquaVenture Holdings, were doing huge um, saline uh, desalination systems for islands. Well, we're talking about doing it for quarter million dollar systems for a brewery. That's hard to scale down. And that's why we have the modular water systems, but it's, it's not science fiction. What has been science fiction has been this whole tokenization thing, but it's changed really, really fast. There's been something like $2 billion has been transacted in the first quarter alone. So NFTs are big business already. There's people making NFTs out of houses. <laughs> I mean, you name it. So this is legitimate, but it also creates, I think, the first global marketplace for water and it grows organically. We don't have to feed it. We don't have to host it. We don't have to be the customer service people for it. It all happens at the edge with people doing their thing. NFTs are issued, they end up in a marketplace and that can grow, as I say, to a global marketplace, the very first. And that has got me so excited. Okay, so, so JRW says he's in a TRX smart contract, Troncoin. Yeah, there's smart contracts. There's a beauty, why is Ethereum taking off? Because it is the, the sort of parent smart contract coin. There's people who are, who are geeks in, um, in, the in the token business will tell you that it's not the ideal one, but it's getting better all the time. And of course, there's all these variants I'm not gonna get into. And Rick Garcia says, thanks for explaining this so clearly. So, and Mr. Dickerson says, Love the crypto idea, NFTs, with all kinds of um, cool, cool emo emojis. Okay, let's continue because there's more. Because I always want to report to you on what's really, really happening. So, status update on the outsource projects that uh, Mr. Dan Early has been working on. So, let's take a look at what he's got going. That mobile home park that we were talking about, um, Let's take a look at the update there. Okay, <laughs> a lockdown price that can be extended for as long as possible. This is what's going on. People are looking for lockdown prices and that's, that's the big fight. How long can you guarantee the price? Well, these days, if you, can, you can't guarantee it for, for much longer than about three weeks. Anyway, so this is accelerating, it looks like. Timing for the turnkey DBOO contract execution one to two months. So that's moving along nicely. All right, let's continue here. And uh, this, there's, a, there's the brewing company, a very interesting project. And what do they got going on here? May 7th, tomorrow, further evaluate the, the equipment uh, price, about $225,000. And then of course, the operation and maintenance costs are gonna be discussed. Okay, continuing here, commercial park. This um, is in the final vesting rights stage, meaning that it's been approved by all the parties concerned. This is an expensive one, retail value 350K, unchanged status quo, that's fine because I'm not yet ready to fund something at that price point. And here's some that are further down the pike. There's a camp, um, an upgraded wastewater treatment plant in Pennsylvania. And uh, that's moving along, just kind of moving along. Unchanged is another camp. There's a housing development unchanged. 
and then um, there's a, another mobile home park, and that's um, just these are this is a, or this is much lower probability, and also the delivery model with a resorts and adventures location. Okay, so that is the report from Dan, and that's that's moving along nicely. Ivan Ans, our wonderful Ivan, says we are definitely going into the next level. This is water philanthropy investing on steroids. I so agree. And Keith Roten says, if inflation is built in, this seems a very powerful idea. Keith, you are so right. We're not going to get ourselves caught with a fixed price deal. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I, I, I've, I've had my foolish moments, but hopefully it's not this. Okay. So let's, uh, let's, get, let's continue with, so uh, let's talk about this. I've got a couple cool testimonials that, we're, that I recorded this week. You're going to enjoy this. And some of you know the people involved. So that's kind of cool, kind of home, hometown thing. I've been watching Riggs's presentations for a while on and off. And the concept that's being talked about makes a lot of sense. And it, it's clearly an issue of having staying power to pull it off. And that's the issue. If you can stay around long enough, then you can be successful. You've got a product that has a need. And so now it's, a, it's an issue of sales and delivery. A year ago, I, I watched one of your video seminars and I gave Ken a call and I said, well, you know, I can, I can risk a, a little bit of play money. That was a lot better than I could earn in the bank or basically earn in the stock market without worrying about capital appreciation, which in my position as a retiree, I really care more about the annual return in cash, not the value of the stock. The recent offering that just closed was, you know, certainly very, um, financially attractive. And again, it's small investment. So I decided to invest again or double my investment because of the, the terms were so good. What you're doing is very interesting. And clearly there's, there's a big market. I mean, all you got to do is listen. And we hear about the water shortages, water shortages. So the ability to reprocess water is critical. The issue is all about landing sales. Eugene, I want to thank you for your investment. It was really, really appreciated. I, uh, I'm glad that you're a regular on our show and I look forward to, um, you know, maybe you drop a chat one of these days uh, on the briefing and give me your thoughts. Here's to, here's to our future. Thank you very much. My pleasure. I suppose the idea is to make a little money and keep up with inflation. I have been a proponent of things like healthcare, water, solar, wind. All of those are my pets. Mm -hmm. We're spending way too much money on post-climate problems, hurricanes, fires, drought, tornadoes. We're spending a ton of money on cleanup of all of those things. And we need to do something about it. So anyway, that's my investment uh, rationale. We think that, you know, do well by doing good. America's water is in a terrible state and getting worse all the time. And it's a scandal, really. I love that we now have a head of steam uh, with the support of guys like you and gals. We're really all about, you know, helping the people who are stuck with the problem, you know, brewery, housing development, yep, et cetera. Yep. Um, they, they don't have the money to throw at these things. Hey, we got a lot of Ohio breweries. 
right here in Cincinnati too. I'll go around and tell them, hey, we can clean up your water. I like what you're doing. What you're doing is good. I'll tell you one more thing. When I originally invested, I talked to my financial advisor. Right. He said, I don't know about this Riggs guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, I invested anyway. Not too many CEOs do a weekly briefing and are willing to talk to individual investors. But I kept investing and, and I'm still with you and happy to be here. Larry, it's been a great pleasure talking. Thank you. And I really appreciate all your support. Don't hesitate to drop a line to me. Okay. Will do. I just love doing these interviews. It makes it all, it makes it all worthwhile, frankly. Just, just super cool. So just to recap really fast, I love how so many of you are hanging around here. I think it was, what was it? Uh, Larry was talking, no, no, I, th- I think it was Gene talking about the, the, uh, the round that was just closed. Well, actually there's a couple more days because some people were told that it was still good. So we're honoring that. So people could slip in still, but it's still a couple more, really just a couple more days. Anyway, so there's the basic private placement that we do that builds our capabilities and staff and so forth. And then there is the invest in a water on demand unit. They, that one, this, this one that I, that I was showing you in that, diagram. And that's basically a million dollar investment in special purpose entities. And we just opened a $20 million private placement for that. And then crowdfunding, we're going to, we're talking with a portal about these investments. We thought it was going to be unaccredited, but it's not going to work to be unaccredited. And I'll tell you why, because um, tokens are still very difficult to um, put through in a registration and regulation D, which is for accredited investors only, uh, experienced investors is the way to go. Okay, and then finally, the we are gonna have an unaccredited round to succeed the previous one that we had. And it's pretty much the same, but with a, an opportunity to redeem into double your money with a stock. And the legal team is now working on this and we'll have it soon. So, Ken, how did you like this? Is it okay to speak? <laughs> it's okay to speak. I, 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 so yeah, it's um, I, you know we usually get a few um, comments on on chat. They are blowing us up. So you don't need you don't need my opinion. Um, we, uh, we've been excited about this since you know we started doing that rapid fire strategy session the other morning. Um, we've been this has been very very exciting. This finally ties everything together. And I really, really, we can feel the energy change. I'm loving it. I really am. I'm excited. And I'm sure I'm going to get one or two phone calls tomorrow. (laughs) Just one or two. (laughs) uh, Do, if you're interested in talking to Ken, get more data. Ken is actually co-inventing with me on this. So he is absolutely doing the the important work. JRW, please reach out to me if I can invest currently as non-accredited. No, the, 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 um, the last round, which I'm saying is still open a couple more days, is only for accredited investors. And Mr. Dickerson says, good all. Thank you very much. Go to oc.gold slash Ken to get the nitty gritty on what's going on. And he'll be happy to tell you. Well, it's been a wonderful uh, briefing. I think we have really, really stepped into new ground here. Um, expect more. You'll see a press release on what's going on more specifically that I kind of talk about. But um, so that's going to be coming along. I can't say when, I can't say 
what's going to be in it, but good stuff is coming. See you next week. There will be more great stuff. Thank you all. It's been great having you tonight. Please join me next week. And I'm so excited about what's happening. Talk to you guys soon. Yeah, bye. Thank you, Ken. Bye. Oh, Dave Williams, am I right to save and invest from outside the USA? I'm accredited. I'm in Canada. Yes, you are. And you will talk to Ken. We'll, we'll take your name. Just go to oc.gold slash Ken. Thank you. Thank you.